Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash Nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross Patterson Revolution. Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Welcome. 
to a very, very special episode of Ross Patterson Revolution. Boy, we got one of my favorites, my all-time favorites on the show today. I'm talking about New Orleans Saints legend Kyle Turley. Um, boy, I, I, I can't emphasize how excited I am about this. And I'm a, I'm a diehard Falcons fan. And I'm saying this about a saint, a saint who used to kill us. Uh, a saint that I always wanted on my team, uh, but he never, he never came to Atlanta. He never came to Atlanta. You might remember him uh, from the 2001 incident with, uh, with, the, with the New York Jets when he almost ripped a man's head off of his body during a game and then picked up the helmet and chucked it down the field. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's a lot more to this guy than just the helmet toss. And yeah, that, that's what they've been calling it, the helmet toss. Um, he is... Uh, a father, he is a musician, he is an advocate for helping former NFL players with CTE and brain injuries. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to dance around it. Uh, he's also a big advocate for marijuana. Uh, the, re- the reason being is to get some of these players off of pills and getting them back to leading a normal life without the use of prescription opioids. Uh, And I'm going to give them a call here in a second, but as always, we've got some sponsors who pay for this show to be on the air. All these glorious sponsors you see out before me uh, actually keep this show afloat, and uh, I'm unbelievably grateful. First and foremost is our our chief sponsor at the top of the show. They're new. All of 2018, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Whoo! Black Rifle Coffee is, is some of the finest coffee in the biz. Uh, it, it is a premium roast to order. That means it comes out fresh right out of the, the, the fucking machine, right into a bag, right to your house. They're not rebagging it. They're not buying it from uh, some weird distributor in Iowa out of a barn. Um, I don't, that's not true. Uh, man, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they're, they're making that fresh inside the house and then they're, they're bagging it up and shipping it across to you. They're, they're veteran-owned, uh, which is incredible. And uh, they've, got, they've got these K-Cups. They've got bags, if that's your jam. Um, they also got some dope-ass apparel. Uh, big fan of uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off at Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, they've, also got, they've also got a coffee club of the month. Um, they, they're, they're partners with just about every big company in the biz and if you join this coffee club, this gives you access to some amazing discounts that are not typically being offered by these other companies. And uh, it's just a nice email every two weeks of like, hey, oh, shit, you guys are friends with them too. Awesome. I get 20% off? Right on. Uh, so go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Get a subscription month club. I, look, Jesse and I have one. I get the caffeinated as fuck. She gets the just black. Uh, use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Next up, we got straightrazors.com. Woo, I'm going to dip around here. Uh, straightrazors.com, best in the biz. Best in the biz as far as shaving kits go, kids. Uh, these straight razors are incredible. Uh, I use them every single morning. A lot of people ask, Ross, how do you keep, how do you keep it so baby fresh? Uh, it's simple, straightrazors.com. That's how, that's, how I, that's how I keep this skin so baby fresh. Um, you shave with these fucking things. It takes about a day and a half off your shaving, which is amazing. Um, cause the, the blade goes so fine that you don't get a five o'clock shadow until like two days later. 
so it's it's more like a two day shadow once you're once you're using straightrazors.com. Uh, they've they've got uh, some smolder aftershave. They got uh, which is my favorite. They got some cologne. They got beard oils, uh, mustache waxes. You name it. They got shampoos and conditioners now. You name it. Best in the biz if you're a dude. Go to straightrazors.com. Type in the promo code Revolution for twenty percent off. Get yourself a kit. Uh, next up, man, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put some in my coffee this morning. I'm gonna. Boom, boom. Uh, put a little Strike Force energy in this. Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people wouldn't do this. A lot of people would not put Strike Force in their coffee. I feel like I need it. I feel like I need it this morning. Um, we're we're going early. Kyle Turley's an, a, a morning riser, if you will. Early bird gets the worm, and uh, Daddy's up a little early. So I'm going to take a couple sips here. Mm. Strike force energy. Gets you alive. Gets you alert. Gets you ready for your day. You can kick the can, kids. You don't need the can anymore. Uh, you can get rid of strike force. You can get rid of monster. All that shit. You don't, you don't need it. Uh, you go to strikeforceenergy.com. They got four amazing flavors. Um, comes in these tasty tiny little boxes right here. $9.95 for these fucking things. Boom. It's a little tasty tin pouch. Rip it open. Port and any liquid available, and uh, you are on your way to start the day. Go to strikeforceenergy.com. Type in the promo code Revolution for twenty percent off. They also have a twenty. Uh, they also have a subscription of the month club, and they ship everywhere in the entire world, which is nice. It's strikeforceenergy.com. Last but not least, uh, we got we got led by Iron. They were they've been a sponsor on the show, and uh, we got some sweet teas. We got some sweet teas by Led by Iron. Uh, look at these. Boom. Finest appa- uh, fitness apparel in the fucking game. Uh, big fans of Led by Iron. And uh, in particular, want to give a, an amazing shout out to one of their owners, Tyler Rainey, uh, for hooking up this interview today with, with Kyle Turley. Uh, came through in the clutch. He knew I was a huge fan, and he was like, man, I, I'm buddies with him. I think I can get him on the show. I was like, you get him on the show. I'm, we're, we're showing the show. I'm going to talk about Led by Iron all day long. Uh, big thanks to Tyler Rennie. Big thanks to LedbyIron.com for making this possible. If you're looking for some affordable, form-fitting shirts that are comfortable in the gym, not shit that's baggy, not shit that's going to get caught in a machine, go to LedbyIron.com. They've also got some amazing Girls apparel as well, which is, which is fucking rare. Jesse wears this shit all the goddamn time. Uh, the Jables is not with us today. We got, a, we got a blizzard here in Wilmington, North Carolina. We got a whiteout, if you will. Uh, and she's, she's taking care of the, of the kiddo outside. And uh, she will be missed. R.I.P. R.I.P. Because I don't know if she's coming back. I don't know if, she, I don't, I don't know if she'll ever. I, like, one, one, one has to ask. When Jables goes out in the snow, she'll make it back. I don't, I don't have those answers. Um, but I'm going to throw out an RIP at her just in case, because we don't know. We we really don't know with her. Uh, and without further ado, I'm going to take one more boom, boom sip of this and give Kyle Turley a call. Man, this is fun. I can't believe he's, uh, he's actually going to come on the show and do this. Um, seriously, one of my all time faves, uh, in the, in the biz, I'm going to give him a jangle right now. Hello. Kyle. Yes, sir. How are you? It's Ross Patterson. I'm doing well, Ross. Good to talk to you. Yeah, you as well. 
When you said call at 6 a.m., I was I was literally not expecting you to be serious about that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm getting old, man. That's what happens when you get old. You get up early just all the time. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you're, here's the thing. You're not that old. Yeah, but I, I, I played that game, so, you know, it caught me up. It, it, it does. Uh, playing in the NFL, how many, how many years do you say that takes off your life? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Every day is different. So, yeah. Uh, with as, with as hard as you played, Kyle, I, look, you're, if you hit 60, it'd be a miracle. It'd be a miracle. You were, you were the toughest son of a bitch I've ever seen out there. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for 60, so that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's what they say. The uh, the average lifespan of an NFL offensive lineman that has uh, been vested, which is only three and a half years in, uh, is like 55 or something. You're kidding me. <laughs> You're kidding me. No. Man, yeah. it, like even Charlie Sheen's going to pass 55, which which is crazy to me. Yeah, I know, I know, man. It's crazy. Well, you know, I think I'll outlast I'll, uh, I'll that. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, you, look, you're an animal. I I, I will not put oh, anything I, past you. It has you. nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with finding the right medicine, that's for sure. <laughs> I hear you. Look, I, I hear you. I, I, I've lived in Los Angeles for uh, 17 years, and uh, I, f- I found that medicine a long time ago, and I'm a big fan of it. There you go. There you go. Big fan of it. Yeah, look, I'm, by the way, I'm lucky to hit 60 as well. I went super hard in college. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, we're probably looking 50, <laughs> 58 for me. 58 for right me. Right on, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I appreciate you being on the show. I, I'm a huge fan. Um, and uh, at the top of the show, I mentioned uh, not only am I a huge fan, but I'm a, I'm a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan, and I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh-oh. I know. Yeah, Dirty Bird. Yeah, d- Dirty Birds. But uh, you were you were the one guy I wish we had on our team during those years because I, I felt like we were missing that one offensive lineman who was just a badass, who, uh, who took no prisoners and could absolutely destroy people and also psychologically get in their heads. So I, I always wanted to have you on our team. So I appreciate that, man. And, you know, that's why I played the game the way I did. I always wanted everybody to want me on their team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those games against uh, the Falcons, man, those were just epic rivalries when I was with the Saints. And, uh, you know, and that's the way uh, I, I was later told how I was perceived. They had special meetings about me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I, I can only imagine because, you know, as a fan, we, I, I had season tickets to the Falcons for years and years and years. And, but watching you play, like, there was, there, you were the one guy that there wasn't a hatred for. It was just this respect of, like, God damn it, why can't he play for us? <laughs> yeah, you know, that, 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 was, uh, that was the whole point of it. You know, it, was, uh, it wasn't about the teams that I played for. It was about, you know, presenting myself as a player in the game and, and uh, you know, giving back to those fans and having these fans appreciate me and, my talent, I knew it's coming out of college, you know, I mean, in the NFL, you're going to be bounced around and you're going to not stay with the, I mean, the parody of the league, you don't stay with one team anymore. So, you know, that's a very rare occurrence that that can happen. And, uh, you know, so it prepared me really well to, you know, be able to make that transition with the St. Louis had a great reception. I mean, I made the, they've, the fans voted me, uh, for the all decade team after just playing one year for them. Oh yeah. They, uh, they love you. Look, yeah. yeah. Every, everybody loved you everywhere you went. Um, but I, I'd love to start from the beginning. Um, if you don't mind, um, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up out in Southern California, uh, after the age of 10, 
um, all out West. Uh, you know, I was born, raised, so I was about six in Utah and then moved to Washington state, lived there for about five years and then moved to Southern California. Um, my, my mother's from Southern California father's from, uh, Arizona and, um, family's just kind of all out here out West. And, uh, so I uh, grew up in a little town called Moreno Valley, uh, outside Los Angeles, yeah. about an hour and a half, you know, in the Valley. And, yep. um, yeah, a little dirt town and uh, uh, blue collar, and, and it just raised me, uh, you know, to be who I was. And, and and you're there today, so obviously you couldn't give it up. Once you live in California, it's kind of hard to live anywhere else. Oh, for sure. It's you know, you always want to come back here, especially if you grew up uh, enjoying Southern California. You know, with all the opportunities that you have out here, with uh, the mountains and the ocean, and just you know, just the weather in general is you know, being outside is is a constant and um you know you go back to these other states and everything's just flat and and hot or humid and you know rainy or whatever it's, you know california if you've been here for a lengthy period of time it, it's hard to get it out of you man you always want to come back that's true it's true did you did you always grow up playing football or did you did you surf like everybody else out there yeah no i didn't i grew up uh surfing skating snowboarding you know, all these board sports. I started wrestling at a young age, uh, seventh grade and, you know, really committed to that as I, I really loved it. Um, and, uh, that sustained me sport wise, uh, you know, that in baseball, I was a good baseball player, but, uh, um, you know, my, I always wanted to play football. It escaped me my freshman year. I didn't make the grades. And, uh, so I couldn't be a freshman football player and that, you know, then, my folks got started getting the divorce and everything and you know the the, the whole the tale of our era um and uh you know and then it was more skating more surfing you know more time i could spend out of the house um and football was just you know i didn't I didn't want to go to practice 120 degree heat out here in this valley <laughs> oh i hear you, know? you. that that heat is something special isn't it yeah, I mean, it is, man. But, you know, I committed uh, my senior year, and, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, so so you played only one year of, of, of high school football. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, again, I had a love for it. I had a passion for it. I had a desire to play in the NFL for, at a real young age. Um, it was just uh, something that really infected me from the first time I saw this game. But uh, for whatever reason, again, it escaped me when I was in farm towns in Washington. We were too small. We didn't even have tackle football. Um, wasn't even available. Um, and wasn't enough people. And then, and then uh, you know, I came down to Southern California here, and again, I just kind of got lost in the in the fray of it all. And uh, you know, and being uh, one of five kids and uh growing up in southern california your dad's a truck driver and then your folks get divorced and all that you know you you find your your, your ways to to you know escape all that and, and i did and that was uh you know just filled with all the amazing things california has to offer you know me and my buddies and go surfing and skating and and snowboarding and and do all these really cool fun things that just kept me occupied and uh allowed me to love this life and uh take my mind away from all the, the grind and just saw the BS going on uh, growing up a poor kid in the Valley <laughs> and uh, football, you know, finally came around at the same time. It was my, my football team uh, was massive. I mean, our, our team back then, uh, you know, it's a little different demographic today and the, and the landscape of football and participants are less, you know, so everybody played football back then. So you had the best athletes playing football, biggest guys playing football and, 
you know, it, it, it was intimidating still. And so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a, a big, huge guy. I was a little skinny surfer skate kid. And uh, my senior year, I just said, you know what? I'm big enough now. I feel strong enough. I wrestled long enough. And yeah, let's go do this. You know, at least I'll have some Al Bundy stories to tell the kids when I get old. Sure. But I, what I find fascinating about that is there's not many people who can step in and just play one year of high school football and then go to college. Did you get a lot of offers after playing just one year of high school football? Yeah, I was real fortunate. I had a great high school coach that, uh, uh, before all this recruiting that's out there now, he was ahead of his game. You know, he knew the, he knew the program. He knew how to get kids to the next level and, um, you know, get, getting the scouts there. Uh, and the scouts, um, uh, you know, came to the school, and, and I was able to uh, uh, be uh, – Oops. Recruited? Just went off on my phone there. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it was uh, um, you know one of those things, man. I, it, it just kind of uh, happened for me. So, so was San Diego State the only place that recruited you, or did you get a bunch of offers? Oh, I'm sorry, but yeah, uh, no, I, I did. I got a bunch of offers. Uh, my coach was this unbelievable recruiter. He had me uh, fill out all these papers and and tell him I'd be this weight and I'd bench this much, I'd run this fast. And you know, when they finally came, I, I did because he had a he was ahead of his game in uh, training and uh, CrossFit and all these other things you know, hadn't even been invented, and we were doing all that stuff. Um, and uh, you know, I, I hadn't been introduced to weightlifting program or speed program or anything, and um, you know, it, it was, it was something that just kind of caught on with me fast. My frame just accepted it. And I just started building all this muscle naturally, uh, you know, cause we didn't have supplementation and all that stuff. Sure. There, was, there was steroids or whatever. And some of the guys on the team, I, I don't know, maybe we're on that in high school. I don't know, but you know, I mean, it was just food and just eating and, and, uh, my body just being young and full of testosterone and growth hormone and all these things that are natural in you. And, it just accepted it. And I just started growing like a weed and, you know, filling out. And, and when the scouts came, sure enough, you know, I was right where the coach said I would be. And, you know, these guys all started offering me and I took trips all around the country, uh, with, with schools. The only fallbacks I didn't, I didn't prepare for college, uh, academically. And, uh, so it kept me from getting a, uh, I, I probably could have got a full ride to, you know, some of these bigger schools, uh, like UCLA or SC or, uh, some of these others, I just didn't have the academics. Um, you yeah. know, I was, I was, I was going to work at the airlines with my buddies throwing luggage so I could, uh, fly around the world and take surf trips for free. Wow. That's insane. Uh, but look, aren't you glad you ended up at San Diego state? I've, I've partied there. That school's a blast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, uh, had a great time at San Diego state. Obviously I maxed out my, uh, potential there and, uh, you know, went on to become a first round draft pick and, and all that. And that was because when I got there, you know, again, I, I, you know, I, I, my senior year, I was just like, this stuff happened. If I put the work in and the time I get to San Diego state, I see a guy like Marshall Falk and he goes and gets drafted as high as he did. And yep. the Heisman and all these things. And I said, you know what, this little guy did that. I'm like, I could do that, you know, and, uh, I just put my mind to it. And, um, I think I could have done that at any school probably would have been, you know, more, uh, more accolades, things like that at, 
the other schools, if I went to Iowa State, um, I took that trip or Kansas. I, I, I canceled that one after San Diego State. I got down there and the sun was shining. <laughs> it took me to the beach and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Every time I see Kansas football on TV, I, I'm shocked that they get anyone to play there. It always, yeah. it always just looks cold. There's no fans in the stands. Uh, basketball, hey, it's amazing. Um, but but no, football, no yeah, football, it's just not a – I don't but, see it as know, a football for, it's school. It's good for those schools uh, because it's uh, it, there isn't that much to do. I, I look back at it now. I had way too many distractions in San Diego State. I'm sure. And, uh, you know, could have uh, really hindered me. Uh, you know, we, we got into some trouble that in this day and age with social media uh, would have – you know, uh, would have never happened for me. And I know. I Could you imagine? In those areas would have been better, you know, locked away. <laughs> Could you imagine if they had social media back when you were in college? Would any player have made it out alive after that? I don't, I, I no. doubt it. No. No, 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 I would have been kicked out. I lost my scholarship my freshman year. No, oh, easily, <laughs> easily. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. I, my parents would be shamed. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be under a rock somewhere. <laughs> uh, so you, you come out of San Diego state. Did you come out early? Or did you graduate? Did you go all four? I hadn't graduated, but I did go all the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, I maxed out that scholarship, but I, I actually didn't graduate just cause I switched majors. Uh, you know, all this stuff you hear about with NCAA athletes and whether we should pay them this, that, and the other, it's way, it's way deeper than that. You know, I don't have, I don't have a college degree after going to school for five years and waking up every damn morning and going to class every day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, cause we had to, they made us go to class. So otherwise we had to run and I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity to be the, uh, to get my education the way I wanted to take advantage of the art programs and things like that. They, they, the scholarship wouldn't pay for art supplies till I was, uh, I was like a, a junior or, or a redshirt sophomore. So into three years, I had to take on this general ed and I declared myself some other, you know, ridiculous major and sit in class and cheat off everybody else. Like everybody, you know, and, and, and just get this degree. And, you know, I was an artist. I, I, I took all the art classes to, for my <laughs> extracurricular stuff or whatever, instead of foreign languages and things. And, um, you know, I, so I, I had to switch majors mid mid career, uh, college and, uh, so I'm short, probably about a year and a half worth of credits to finalize a degree, but I maxed it out. I had an opportunity to go early, uh, uh my junior year, um, uh, into the draft, but, uh, just stayed and committed as I was continued to be told by these great coaches and mentors, like, look, you can go, you can go do whatever you want. You're, you're, you're an amazing player. You're, you're going to make it. But if you do this, you, you can achieve this and i go okay great it switched me from d-line to o-line you know you could be a great d-lineman you could you know be the next howie long you could go first round draft pick probably blah 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 but there if you switch to the o-line and you get coached by this guy uh you know you you you, you could be the best offensive lineman in the country and uh and that's what i made happen uh you know out of all the schools in the country all the sec schools everything has you know a kid from san diego state little surfer skate kid uh, be a finalist for the Outland Trophy and Lombardi, you know, awards and all these things, yeah. and, and you know, be the first lineman taken in the NFL draft. You know, I, I, I realized that uh, if I stood my senior year, uh, that's what I could make happen, and I did. That's incredible. Um, and you were taken what seventh, if 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 I remember correctly, right, in the first first round. Yeah. 
Yeah, seventh pick overall. Yeah, so d- let me ask you, did you get to go to the draft itself? Because it's the draft today is not like it was back then. W- were they inviting all the first-rounders there to the to Oh, the yeah, show? yeah. No, I got the invite to go to New York and all that. They just kind of started that whole process of, uh, you know, the, the Big Pony show yeah. um, in New York on Broadway and all that. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up in Orlando Valley, man, and, and I didn't forget where I came from. And I was from San Diego State, and I, you know, I still uh, I felt I proved it, and they just, you know, I... I there was still all this speculation after, you know, I achieved all his greatness and Bell Kuyper and all his BS and where he thinks people are going. And, you know, I just <laughs> didn't want a chance sitting there uh, for no reason. You know, I wanted to be around the people uh, that I, you know, helped me get to where I got and uh, that I was around. So I went back to my mom's house in Moreno Valley and uh, paid for some new sod in the backyard and uh, some rented some tables and, and had the neighborhood over. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Did they bring the camera to the house? Were you one of those guys on camera at the house where they're like, oh, my God, there he is. He's partying at his house. No, nah, just the local paper. That was it. Just really? Kinda, a local paper was covering it. You know, it wasn't what it is today. No, you know, today. If I, if today. I played the game today and accomplished what I did, uh, I probably would be. I probably would have won the Allen Trophy and, and these other awards because uh, it would have been recognized. You know, sure. back then on social media, though, you know, you just depended on your college to really promote you. And uh, even still today, you look at San Diego State and they didn't promote Rashad Penny like they they should have and needed to to help him win a Heisman. Um, you yeah, know, is it because uh, they just don't have the money or they don't have good PR, no, PR people? They, they don't have the brains. Gotcha. These people don't have the brains. And the people in the NFL don't have the brains. It's, uh, this is my frustration after being behind the curtain of all these things. It's this, this entire game and this entire system from the NCAA to the NFL is run by morons. Guys that are general managers of teams were getting coffee for people when I was playing in the league and uh, never coached football. And, barely played the game and they just stuck around and moved their way up because they're yes yeah uh, we we, we call it we call it with the game we call it failing upward in hollywood um yeah I, I, yeah I, I spent you know 17 years in, in the hollywood system made a ton of movies and it's the same way where it's like you know if if they had any talent or brains there you, you could do a lot more than what you had and i feel the same way as with the nfl i, I look at roger goodell and that guy's a clown to me yeah he is um, like and, you know, like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, you know, these guys they get this power somehow, uh, and then they all of a sudden, you know, dictate everything and control everything, and they're just they're assholes. <laughs> yeah, and he he just signed a, a fifty, you know, a new fifty million dollar a deal uh, a year deal, and uh, it's it's crazy how how that guy just keeps on going somehow. Yeah, it's just a, he's a puppet at the end of the day, you know. Uh, he's a he's a I think a lawyer, maybe. Uh, you know, his family, his background comes from politics. Uh, he was groomed for this by Pete Rozelle. Um, you know, again, he's a guy getting coffee. He got an opportunity. Oh, I can be in the NFL. I can get coffee for Pete Rozelle and trail him <laughs> around for I don't know how long and and uh, keep my 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 nose down here and. You know, just I'll end up getting the big payday at the end, and uh, that's what he's got. Yeah, and that's what all these guys got. He's college coaches. He this guy going to uh, A and M or something like that for some ridiculous seventy million bucks, coaching uh, college football. Yeah. And, and they're and they're talking about tuition cuts, and 
And they're talking about, you know, uh, whether or not we should pay college players. Give me a break. Yeah, it's uh, Jimbo Fisher who ended up taking that gig. And, uh, yeah. The, yeah, the coach of Florida State, he's making a gajillion dollars. I'm a, I'm a Big Ten guy. I graduated from Ohio State. And I see it in our conference with Jim Harbaugh, where Jim Harbaugh's the highest paid coach in our conference. He finished 8-5 and five this year and lost in the Outback Bowl. And he's, I know. he's making I know. $9 million a year. And it's like, man, why isn't some of this money going to the players? It's all hype. It's yeah. all hype. It's all, you know, and, uh, you know, putting people in the stands and TV contracts. And how's that going to, you know, who is your coach is going to better you? I mean, look at the Raiders. They're going to hire John Gruden. He's washed up, man. I mean, yeah. that's why he's been doing TV for so damn long. I, it's it's been know? over a decade. He's been on TV. Yeah. And I gonna... just jump back into being the head coach of the Raiders when there's all these guys that have, played the game for a long time that have worked their ass off being coaches and they just don't ever get these opportunities because it's just about a hype deal you know with with this uh you've seen what the, what could happen by putting a nobody in the in the system look at the rams you yeah know? I yeah mean, come on uh, and, and you don't need john gruden you need a good coach you do and you know he's a good coach uh, but it, it's been a long time, man. These young guys, yeah, they'll be starstruck and they'll sell a lot of things and, you know, put some people in the stands and do the whole Chucky deal all over again, you know, milk that for all it's worth. But at the end of the day, again, this is, it's not about the game. It's not about the players. It's just this, this, this show, you know, this is a production and, uh, you know, once you realize that, 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 that's, you know, where you get involved if you do uh, in, in these other fights as a player who's passionate about the game and, and making it better. You know, it's, it's uh, you expose all that. And everybody goes, oh, you're, you should shut your mouth. You're getting paid millions of dollars, you know, and you're like, all right, well, okay, you want to ruin football. There you go. Yeah. You can have it. And that's what's happened, you know? Yeah, I, I feel in the John Gruden situation, at least for – for for the hiring of him because the rumor has it they're going to give him a piece of the team and ownership as well i think for that transition from oakland <laughs> to vegas uh they, they they want a celebrity on the sidelines to make it sexy sell some season tickets give it a couple yeah. years and then try to find a real coach in in two or three years is my guess yeah vegas is going to be like the it's just gonna be like Vince. You, you can, <laughs> yeah it, john gruden he's fucking celine dion right he's <laughs> He's going to have his, his stay in Vegas, and then they're going to hire uh, John Madden's going to come back and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for his stay. And, yeah, we're going to bring the whole show around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mike Martz will be after that. I mean, they'll just yeah. keep lining him up across the board. Yeah. Your greatest uh, coaches of all time in Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. There's going to be a hologram Tupac on the sidelines. Uh, yeah, totally. 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 So yeah. halftime presentations. Yeah. Britney Spears will be lip syncing every halftime show. No, it, it, yeah. it's, it's a spectacle. And I, look, I'll say this. Uh, I'll go just because I go to I go to Vegas two or three times a year. I enjoy it. Um and uh, I'll, I'll go to check out a game just for the spectacle of it. And, and I think a lot of people will, too. Um, so, I, look, it could be a smart oh, business sure. move. It could be a smart oh, business no, move. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. I think it's awesome. It's awesome for the league. It's awesome for football. Um, and, you know, again, I'm going back to just the fans. You know, I guess maybe there is something to all that hype and everything. But it's the Raiders. The yeah. Raiders, the fans are like me. The fans are like you. It's not about John Gruden. These people in control of the, the you know, how the, the game is presented, 
they, they fail to see what it has always been about. It's always been about its past and its present with its players and the logo and these, these colors. And, and that's what it is for the fans. You, you can play whoever you want on the sideline and play a Raider game and the Raider Nation's showing up. Yeah. You know? Yep. It, 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 it just blows my mind how they go out of their way to you know pay these like the guy at A and M. We're gonna pay that coach all that money. What's he gonna do? What's what's he really gonna do? Yeah, especially in a, in a conference with Nick Saban and you know, look, Georgia looks amazing coming up. Uh, since we're talking about that, who, who do you got in this in this uh, SEC championship? Is what I'm calling it. I'm not calling it a national championship. I'm calling it an SEC championship. <laughs> Well, you, uh, I don't know. I think I got to go with Bama on this one. Just and I hate that, but same. I have friends that, that you know love Bama, I can go with it. Um, it just because <laughs> they, they finally have this mentality of being put in a corner. You know, they got to fight out, and uh, they have the best talent in the country. So I just kind of you know what's what happened in the last game. I mean that. They're just dominated, you know. So yeah, and uh, I and I hate it. I hate watching their style of play. It's like watching Mike Glennon as quarterback in the NFL, where I'm just I, I'm so bored watching Alabama play football. I recognize their greatness, but to me, they're just so boring to watch. I, I can't I, I can't stand it. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, man. It's not a, it's it's not explosive. It's not, no. it's, just, it's just you know you kind of watching this machine because again they have all the best talent in the country now. You got these I mean all the coaches are West Coast coaches are bringing all this talent from out west. Uh, these receivers, all these you know, people all around the country. And you get an offer to go. I'm working with a kid at this facility. I'm training at uh, working at in Southern California, here, and he's got, you know got offered from Alabama. You know like that that wouldn't happen. Uh, you know. Years ago, you know, sure. where we've come from and how big Alabama and how awesome it is to go there. It always been, I guess, but you know, for West Coast kids to be going there over SC and UCLA, you know, I mean, that's uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world, and you know, now that the college playoff system is intact. You know, you're seeing these games on a on a level. I mean, the ratings for that uh, Oklahoma Georgia game were so massive. You're you're starting to to venture into NFL playoff ratings there, and that's all these kids see, and it's all lit up on social media. And it's like, man, I want to play on that stage underneath those lights. And you know, you're able to get kids from all over over the country, which, like you talked about, you could never do that. You know, 15 years ago, Um, Mm -hmm. that just didn't exist. Um, that that kind of outlet for it, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see it. And then we got the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Are you still a diehard Saints fan? Do you still root for your? Oh yeah, okay. And that's no, your. That, once that... you're a Saint, once you're a Saint, you're a Saint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you played it as long as I did uh, in in the town, you know, I mean, you get that five years in uh, at least. Uh, you know, you. You become. Uh, uh, I mean, I'd go back there right now and probably run for mayor and win. You know. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, you. I think you easily would. I think it wouldn't yeah. even be close. And, and and especially in the day of social media, uh, I th- I think you would you would crush if you went back and yeah. ran for mayor. Uh, you know, and it's just one of those places. Uh, as a fan base, you just uh, you know, it was just an unbelievable experience as a player to play in that fan base. And uh, I went to two other teams and just didn't experience anything like it. You know, Kansas City was close. Um, those people are pretty diehard up there, um, but but that that place is a so a, a transient kind of town. 
Right. Um, they're in the Midwest. New Orleans is old. Everybody's there. They've been there. Their family's there. Their brother, their sister, their cousin, their grandma, their great grandma, their great great grandma. If they're hanging on, <laughs> they're all hoodats. Oh yeah, and, all of them. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a pretty special place. Yeah, so this, this, look, this is one of the rare years where we have the Falcons and the Saints in the playoffs. I, I, Me personally, I actually think this is the Saints' year out of the NFC. Um, I would have said Philadelphia if Carson Wentz hadn't have gone down. But I, I'm, I'm going to give the edge with that running game in, in uh, New Orleans. I, I think they're going to the Super Bowl this year. They got a great chance. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I mean, both teams, you've got uh, – experience with that you know making it to the super bowl and with the saints you've got the experience of winning one and especially at the key positions that you need to have that experience and in the quarterback and the head coach and um you know i mean the rest of the staff has been mixed up a bit but when you have those two things going into the playoffs uh the super bowl is a definite uh likelihood and um you know i mean for for the falcons and the saints i mean i mean the, uh, I mean, the, the panthers i mean uh, the nfc south just dominated the league and yeah um you know they seem to be the best teams overall in in, in watching the play of the, the league uh, as it was this year. Um, it, it'll be awesome, man. I mean, I think it's going to come down to the Rams and the Saints personally. Uh, yeah, the Falcons, I did too. Those three teams, you know. Uh, the the, and, the Falcons I, to me, once they lost their offensive coordinator, uh, they they just can't find a rhythm this year. We look we look good some weeks, other weeks we look like the worst team in the league. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is with Atlanta, man. They've always kind of done that, you know. I mean, even the last time they went to the Super Bowl, uh, before the last time, uh, back in '98. Yep. <laughs> uh, we played we yeah. back there. Yeah, we played, and, we played and, the Denver and, Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, we got here kind of thing, you know. Um, it wasn't like we're going to win it, you know, we're going to take this. Yeah. Uh, even in, in the Super Bowl last year, it was like, you know, we got this big lead, but. There was never any feeling of confidence, it seemed, on that sideline at all. You know, I know you're going against the Patriots, I understand that, but, you know, there was never anything that looked to me like, like we're going to put the hammer down on you right now. You know, this confidence, this swagger, and it, it just looks like, oh my gosh, we're here? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and, and I think hopefully they're over that because, you know, uh, Matt Ryan, I mean, he's to be a, a, a the quarterback that that uh, you know everybody thought that he could be, I mean he's taken an unbelievable uh, turn this last couple of years of his career and leadership, and just being a, a, a presence, you know, and demanding uh, that the players and everybody, you know, uh, follow. And um, you know, for too long there, they were just having success, mediocre success on his talent. And now, you know, it's personal. I think he's been there. He's he's hungry again. I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the Falcons being there again. Um, but again, like you said, the coaching issues are in the, in that department are are of question. So yeah, you know. yeah. Steve Sarkeesian is our offensive coordinator. To uh, to put it in perspective, he was Alabama's offensive coordinator. And again, Alabama is the least exciting offense of all time. So when he came in. <laughs> Boy, we've looked. It's it's real spotty this year. Real spotty. Who do yeah. you got? Who do you got coming out of the uh, the AFC? By the way, AFC. Um, man, shoot. I, you know, obviously the Patriots. Uh, again, again. <laughs> you never not. You never, it's like ah, the Patriots, of course. You know, I mean, but you know, the Chiefs. Uh, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, again, uh, like Atlanta. Um, I'm gonna slide uh, the Steelers in there, so I'm gonna slide. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, say I'm gonna say Saints Steelers Super Bowl. 
Ooh, the black and gold. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Black yeah. and gold Super Bowl would be killer. That's my that, that's my call. I think I think finally the Steelers get over the hump this year uh and beat Tom Brady. And I, I think uh Le'Veon Bell and all those offensive weapons, if Antonio Brown comes back healthy, um I, I think they sneak in this year and this might be their their year. Yeah, maybe, man. I'm right about Roethlisberger's, you know, I mean he's primed and he's been there as well. You know, again, he's yep. got experience. So they can stay healthy uh, in that whole uh, uh, James Harrison deal. That that that's kind of ugly for him. Oh, beat, yeah, beat the Patriots because that guy's still dangerous. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, but I like I like the Steelers a lot as well, uh, AFC wise. Um, but again, the Patriots it's like uh, they're just going to keep going. I know it's, uh, it's a machine. <laughs> it's a machine yeah. over there. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, who is the toughest guy you played against in, in your in your career? Uh, toughest guy. Um, I mean, yeah, I came in in a unique era. I think, uh, you know, the late nineties was still transitioning out of all those. Yeah. I mean, my first game preseason game in Lambeau field against Reggie white. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That was your first game ever. Preseason. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh boy. How was that? that? Thank God. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's like, you know, I came in this really uh, unique era. You know, Troy Aikman and uh, Steve Young and all these guys are still the quarterbacks and John Elway. And, uh, you know, I went to take my trip to uh, Miami, you know, as they trip you around if you're going to be a first round or top 10. And, and uh, I get to meet Dan Marino sitting in his locker in the locker room, just coming off the field from a workout, you know, and telling me, oh, yeah, it'd be great to have you. I've heard a lot about you, kid. You're like, hey, just crazy movie shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 just about. and, and uh, so I played against all these amazing guys, from Kevin Green to Bruce Smith and Reggie White and Leon Lowe and, uh, you know, on and on. Um, and then uh, the new era of cats that came in with Javon Curse and, uh, uh, Dwight Franey. Dwight Franey, yeah. Yeah, you know, all these guys, man. I mean, I remember blocking all those guys, you know, uh, and, and, and even in the game today, the guys that are still hanging around like Terrell Suggs, you know, he came in. Um, you know, and, and so I, I, again, I played against some amazing talent over a 10 year span, uh, in, in that career. And it was just, uh, you know, 100, 109 games, I think, over, uh, total. And uh, I can't say, I mean, for Michael Strahan, maybe, I guess. Um, okay, uh, yeah, look, hey, look overall. Strahan's legit. I'm surprised to see him hosting the Today Show. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> NFL-wise, he was great. As a, as a talk right. show host, not so much to me. Not so much to yeah, me. Yeah, no, he, he fixes teeth, doesn't he, you know. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. His mouth is a, is a walking field goal. Um, I, I just wouldn't want to stand anywhere close to it. I remember playing in front of him, and it, the, the spray coming out of that mouth was tough uh, <laughs> teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, man. He he did not. He definitely did not get that gap fixed. He's still rocking the gap. Uh, yeah, you gotta own it, man. You yeah. know? good for look. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, now, look. Obviously, I, I I couldn't not bring up the helmet toss incident today, and I'm I'm sure you're tired of talking of about it at this point. Uh, or, or are you? That's that's the question. Because no. uh, a lot of people. No, not at all. No, not at all. Yeah, a, a lot of people remember you for that. I remember it for a different reason. I was watching that game live on TV, and uh, I'm a big fantasy football guy. Um, the my okay. my my best friend in the league had a. He was trying to get into the playoffs. He had a. 
the running back for the Saints at the time, and he was hoping that guy would score and he would have gone to the playoffs. Once that penalty incurred and you guys did not score, it was forever known as the Turley incident in our fantasy football league. <laughs> uh, the young man's name was Dylan Drew, and, and to this day, he still brings up the Turley incident in every single fantasy football league uh, with that, awesome. that we have. Um, when, when you were going through that, it, it appeared to me when I was watching it that you were, you were trying to rip his head clean off his body. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, pretty much. I didn't, I didn't mind if his head came with it, uh, <laughs> you know, from what was going on. I mean, it was, uh, you know, we were banging it out the whole game and then, uh, they were, it was pretty dirty, uh, you know, on both sides we were just getting after it. And then, and then that happened and, uh, I just lost it. You know, it was one of those moments towards the end of the game. And, uh, um, you know, it was like, it was just a weird moment and it just, it just happened, you know, and, and, uh, you make a decision to do something and you go, wait, what did I just do? <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, uh, it is it, all that emotion and that, that football, man, it, it's that game, that brain, you know, we get, we get messed up and we make bad decisions and, uh, become irrational. So, you know, that's what I did, man. And, uh, but it was in, in, uh, in the right context of defense of a, of a teammate and, um, so, you know, it's got this fine line that I can ride and, and feel good about and, you know, frustrated about and, uh, you know, I mean, wonder what would have happened if I hadn't kind of thing. Uh, but, I, I, look, you know, I, I, I think it was a good, glad I, it did. yeah, I was going to say, I think it's a good thing. Like you became mass massively famous after that. And, um, I, I remember if it, you can tell me, you can correct me on this, but didn't the fans actually pay your fine? Was that true? No, the fans didn't. No, the, they <laughs> I didn't. I, I, cause it was yeah. a, there was an article online, uh, after it came out that said the, from a bunch of fans who said they were going to try to get together and pay your fine at the time. Oh, they might, they might have, you know, they may have I mean, the fans out there are good, man. They're, yeah. they're just awesome. Yeah. They, and they, they didn't have like Indiegogo or GoFundMe at that point. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the problem. You know, I, I did, I gained all this notoriety and fame all of a sudden, but it, it wasn't worth a shit cause there was no social media, you if I I was in the league today and that happened and got on TV and did all these things that have a million followers and that, you know, yeah, yeah. You could, you you could, you'd make more off of social media than you probably did in the NFL today. Some of these guys, it's it's insane. They do, you know, and, and it's actually, uh, uh, something that, uh, you know, like these coaches, uh, you know, is a, is a factor when it comes into, you know, signing guys and yep. hiring guys, you know, what is it, what's this platform going to do for us? Uh, How can he sell tickets? Merch. Yeah, absolutely. Selling tickets and merch. Absolutely. Speaking of selling merch, um, what's your stance on the, on the whole Colin Kaepernick issue and players <laughs> and players kneeling? That's, that's a good segue. Speaking of selling merch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you know, Kaepernick's Jersey ended up going number one after that. So I, you know, he was, did it really? It did. Yeah. Um, so wow. he, he sold, you know, more jerseys than anyone and then got, you know, essentially blacklisted after that. Um, wow. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. I think he should be on a team. I, there's, so, there's such less talent out there that's in the league. Um, I, I mean, again, he, he's been, he's proven himself as a player. He's proven himself as a team leader. Uh, whether you like what he's leading about or not, he's got the entire league following him uh of the majority of your players 
yeah. you know, and because uh, 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 it's not what it used to be, uh, you know, you good old boy dumbasses, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if you haven't woke up yet, what bought your new jet, your new yacht was uh, all these guys with that uh, dark skin and uh, they're trying to say something here and you need to listen. And, you know, it's, it's not easy, I guess, as a, you know, for these old white guys uh, with all this money, you know, that was handed down to them from their daddies, uh, you know, majority of them, uh, or their in-laws or, you know, whoever got them, you know, that start to becoming a billionaire, um, you know, because it didn't happen for these guys from the ground up, like Mark Cuban or, you know, sure. whatever. Every one of these guys, uh, for the most part, has been gifted their opportunity and just rode this 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 train here this this magic train this magic carpet ride in the nfl in this game you know it's about this game um and not about that but you know fortunately uh you know these owners man i don't get it you know they're a bunch of pussies they don't they don't want to stand up for the things that are most important for the game they they care more about ratings and their money and you know <clears throat> this is their this is that I mean because they got industry they got big industry they're making billions uh this is their you know screw off money you know for their jets and their planes and their boats and you know you go to an owners meeting and go to the private airport at the owners meeting it's 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 gross it's sickening you know the the waste and and all the money and everything and these guys, you know, want to sit there and play politics with a guy like Colin Kaepernick, um, who has achieved this greatness to play this game and is an unbelievable player and can help your team win. And, you know, you're not you're not willing to listen. That's just uh, uh, and, and, and just pass that off and go, you know what, man, we're going to support these guys. And 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 this guy deserves a job. You know, I mean, one sure. of these owners out there could do that and not one of them is doing it. And it's got to be uh, from behind closed doors at these meetings where they've all agreed to 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 not do it. Yeah, my, my look, my biggest issue with it as a fan is there is enough politics jammed in my face all day long, six days out of the week that on Sundays, me personally, I, I want to go to the game for entertainment reasons and not think about anything politically. Um and also think about it from the stance of uh, just in my my line of work in, in production. You know, if somebody did something on the job like that, that, that would affect investors or money or or anything else, you know, regarding movies in that in this situation, I would be like, hey, man, I think there might be a better way. Like for me personally, I think if if the league really wanted Colin Kaepernick in instead of protesting, maybe just take a Sunday off and go up to the White House. I think Trump would open the door for for the NFL players and talk to him. And uh, I think if you sat out an, an entire Sunday and did that, um, it, you would have a, a bigger effect than m maybe doing it for two years on the sidelines. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm a bit more. I mean, I grew up in the locker room, man, and so you know, I don't, I don't. I grew up a son of a truck driver, five kids, so I don't understand this white privilege thing to the extent of maybe it's got me out of a few parking tickets and, you know, looked, uh, looked over and getting pulled over maybe in certain situations. But, you know, overall, uh, I, I mean, I've seen athlete privilege more so, um, and who I am as an athlete, sure. uh, uh, but I get it. I get the, I get what they're saying. I get what they're talking about. I get that there is race issues and to just kind of not get that. 
I, I don't understand. I don't understand how you don't get that. I don't understand how you don't understand why they're kneeling. I don't understand how. I, I, and I, I, I guess, again, that's because I grew up like, in the locker room. These are my brothers. Yeah, these are, yeah. These I, are people that, you know, we don't need to take a day to go up to the, see that dumbass and his, you know, orange face. We need right. to support our guys and give him the finger and not allow Mike Pence to come into an NFL game and turn his fucking back on it and walk out like a bitch. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm so upset about this stuff. I get I get pretty emotional about it. No, it's fine. Because these I, guys are just playing politics with this game. And this game is America. And they can go fuck off. And it was built on the backs of uh, these players. And they got something to say. And it goes d- deeper into our society and what people need to realize. This isn't a black issue. This is a police issue, a brutality issue. Um, and what's going on here? You know, we're... We're, we, we got a kid we're stringing up now in the media because he made a phone call to, you know, prank somebody and they went to that guy's house and they shot and killed him. Like, what, what the fuck's going on at the police department where we, we know whether or not we need to use that force? I mean, my, my dad is a, a, a retired police chief and uh, he busted his ass and he worked real hard and he retired, uh, you know, being disgruntled because of what he saw. Uh, in that these cops aren't willing to go talk to these motherfuckers. They just want to shoot their guns. Right. You know, my dad will show up at the drug dealer's house and knock on his fucking door and say, listen, we got to work this out, you know? Right. And, and in situations where there's, you know, all this stuff and and we're just, we're just so quick to pull the trigger and just say, you get in line, get in line. Like we're we're becoming a, a very fascist country. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, we, we, we want to wave this, uh, this flag around and these colors around. Um, well, there's a lot of people that are doing that, um, and, and getting too proud about it, too proud. You know, you, th- this is, this is yours. I got it tattooed on my arm. I, I put it in blood and, and it means a lot to me. Uh, you know, the sacrifices that have been made and all that, but we're not honoring those sacrifices when we don't honor the right of a player to express a a social injustice uh, reality that's going on by taking a knee at a game and using that platform to do so, you know, uh, on the other hand, our government is taking full advantage of using that platform uh, to promote the military and uh, uh, you know, uh, wars and, and all these things uh, and, and generating this, this uh, energy to go and support uh, this desire. I mean, you talk to people and they go uh, when we're at war and they go, Oh, we love George Bush or we love Bill Clinton or whoever it is, Democrat or Republican, but we're in a war. He took us to war. Like when are we going to get over this? You know, I, I don't understand this whole mindset of, of needing to war, whether it's, uh, you know, because you don't want to listen to what some people have to say because you don't look like them and you didn't live their life and you don't understand what they're talking about, um, you know, to dropping bombs and, you know, all this ridiculous rhetoric going on about, you know, nuclear buttons that uh, at the end of the day, uh, we've had examples of in our history that cost millions of innocent lives. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, and look, it's it's a it's a strange political climate we're in, um, especially with everything that's going on in the world. There's protests in Iran right now. Uh, there's when is there not? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh you know, we again we gotta get over this shit, man. We gotta get over. We gotta take pride in our country, take pride in our differences, take pride in in what everybody's got to say and and get over it, man, you know, and try to fix the things that we know are are, are there. You know, we all these people just continuing to ignore uh because it's not at their front door. Right. Right. Well, uh, look, I, I think uh, the NFL thing, uh, as far as the kneeling goes, is, de- is definitely now at people's front doors. And people are making a decision one way or the other how they feel about it. And uh, yeah, I, But it stops right at the flagpole. Yeah. That's where it stops. You know, it's whether you're flying the flag or not. And that's where it is. It's this flag, this flag, this flag. You know, this flag. Well, guess what? This flag originally was made on him. And uh, our forefathers told us that we needed to grow that everywhere. And this government's taken that away from us. And it's given us a bunch of pills and killed millions of Americans. We've got uh, uh, a president who supports guys like Richard Spencer, a fucking Nazi. You know, I mean, this is and all these guys with their tiki torches out there and saying there's good people on both sides. Yeah, there's something going on, you know, And and there's support on that on both aisles. It's not. It's not just uh, our president. Oh, he, sure, he, he, sure. He's the. He's the line. He, he's been a Democrat. He's been a Republican. He speaks for all of them. I've been to D.C. and I've seen what's going on. And I lobby for cannabis and what it can do to help save people and what it's done for me to save my life. And these people still look at this and look at me and go, you know, and talk to me as if they know what they're talking about, what they're for. Oh, well, we're from. We're for Charlotte's Web, and we're like, oh, really? You're for Charlotte's Web, the thing you saw on CNN. Like, you're you're not for what is curing seizures in little children. What has saved my life in this THC factor of finding strains and all these things. You know, from that to uh, Colin Kaepernick to kneeling to the issues we're having uh, in our streets and around the world, it's just this constant battle of knowledge versus ignorance. And unfortunately, it's it seems to be that this ignorance is, you know, I mean, I've been to D.C., like I said, man, it is ego driven. And they, you only need a few votes to get these positions of power. Uh, and obviously you can become the president without them, uh, you, you know, or you only need those few that he got. You yeah. Know? And uh, I'm not I'm not for Hillary Clinton by any means or one side or the other. I think it's all a facade myself and. I I live my life by the the words of our you know our great first president who didn't want to be president who said this country didn't need a president this country needed to be free. <laughs> God damn it! I love it. This is a, this is a freedom flowing out of your veins right now. Uh, yeah, me, man, I was born and raised here, man. My dad is again a truck driver and a farmer. Uh, I accomplished greatness. Uh, I understand hard work, and my family's helped you know. Uh, paved the way for this country. I grew up Mormon. My whole family goes back. My great 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 grandfather was a bodyguard to Joseph Smith. Got killed because of it. Um, you know, uh, paved the way to the West with the rest of my relatives' names that are on all these placards and all these Mormon battalion places in Arizona and California. And I, I just have an unbelievable pride for this country. And unfortunately, you know, I'm just an athlete, and you know. 
Uh, my words will get lost after we talk about the helmet again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you about the ratings then. What, what do you think is affecting the NFL ratings? Do you, do you think it's the kneeling or do you think it's the style of play that, that Goodell has is, is kind of hammered home where you, you can't have fun anymore, essentially? Like when you, when you were playing, I felt like you could still have fun. You had guys like Terrell Owens, uh, you know, who were celebrating. You had guys like you who were feisty, fiery personalities. I don't feel like there is that anymore, and I, and I feel like it's because of Goodell, but, but you could shed some more light on to, to, to why you think the ratings are down. Um, I don't, honestly, I, I, I just think it, uh, the ratings aren't, aren't worse. Uh, you know, fan attendance and ratings could potentially be down from, I guess, where the population is. Um, but you know, the NFL is still uh, the things I've read are the number one shows on TV. Oh yeah. yeah, um, yeah I think, they, they are. I think just, there's too many choices. There's too many distractions. Ah. It's like having a, and then fantasy football and all these things. Everybody's more interested in watching sports mix on TV than watching a particular game, you know, and going to that channel, they're going to watch the channel with five different, six different, you know, games on and maybe 10 if they got multiple TVs because yeah. they got these fantasy leagues on there's just too many distractions I think uh, personally and everybody's on their phone on Instagram or doing their own deal and promoting their own business and they don't have time anymore you know it it it, it but it's still there it's still the number one it thing is. to watch yeah. it, it, you it, know? it is the it is the number one uh rated you know, sport to watch, and it, it still crushes everything in the ratings. Um, you know, yeah, it, it, we we've just evolved. I think I think X Games, all these things have come. UFC, all these. There's so many more opportunities in sports television now that we didn't have. You know, you you had uh, just they didn't have the production. They didn't have all these other sporting events taking kids' attention. Um, and now you do. You got a million channels and all these things going on. Uh, what what do you, you ex- you're, you're docking the NFL for still being number one because they're down, I guess, from where, where they the numbers used to be, should yeah. be yeah. for the population because it's still making bajillions of dollars. Look at the salaries of the coaches. Yeah. Look at all these. They're, it's not going anywhere. And, and, that, that beca- and becoming a potential ghetto sport of, you know, a way out sport, as people have you know said it's becoming in the death of uh, football as we know it and just becoming a, a money grab game uh, because of, you know, them not addressing the concussion issue the way they should be um, and, and really just standing behind the game, you know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's still, it's giving, it's making billions and billions and billions of dollars. People love America has proven it. Society has proven over its history. Uh, For sure. History of mankind. That when we look at sports, we want to see blood. And that's why the UFC has grown to the size that it has. And that's why the NFL is never going away. Uh, it may become uh, just a blood sport at some point, um, uh, you know, but that's only because the leadership and, and people in charge, uh, you know, neglect how to uh, really resolve all these issues, um, you know, because they just it, it's it means money to them. Yeah. And that's an interesting point. Like, uh, you know, as far, as far as the violence in the game, uh, some have said that, that that's why some of the ratings right might be down. Uh, in particular, that Steelers Cincinnati game a couple weeks back uh, where Shaz- Ryan Shazier 
uh, went down. There was, I, I believe, three people yeah. carted off in that game. Um, me personally, you know, having spent 17 years in in Los Angeles, and you you could attest to this because you you have kids as well. What I noticed in Los Angeles, at least, is um, they've they've almost taken pads away from kids, and all of the parents are putting their kids in flag football in Los Angeles, at least. Um, yeah. Uh, are, are you? Did, did, would you allow your kid to 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 play football growing up? Uh, uh, not tackle, knowing what no. you know now. Yeah, knowing what you know now. No, 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 not tackle football. No, they don't need to play that. They can learn the game. You can teach this game again. I didn't play till I was a senior in high school. I had a passion for this game. I love for this game because of, of being able to take a ball out into the park with my buddies and just playing tag. You know. Uh, there, there, there's nothing about this game that these little kids need to understand more so at their young ages than, uh, than the game itself, how these players are run, how to run routes, how to block, how to do these things. These kids aren't ready after just one training camp to do all this with their little frames. And we've seen a, a death rate in the youth football uh, leagues that is, in my opinion, uh, opinion that should be for everyone unacceptable we've got 10 to 20 kids that die in youth football every year it's a constant and it's only because of these stupid things that we can totally fix with uh the time of year that we participate in this sport where it's 150 million degrees outside and we put all these pads and gear and our gloves and our feet and we cover every outlet for heat to escape and we you know from the little kids to the nfl we 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 go through the hardest parts of this sport at the stupidest time um to dealing with the concussion issue and and understanding that these kids don't need to be banging their heads like this they need to understand the game uh the fundamentals of it how to move their body again i didn't play football because i i wasn't you know it was the concussion thing out there i part of my you know reason for not playing i wasn't big enough as i mentioned i didn't feel strong enough um and and i saw my friends out there getting broken arms and legs and you know blowing their knees out and i'm like man this sport is serious i i got <laughs> i got to i got to be ready when i'm when i go to play this game i i need to be confident that i'm ready to go and my senior year came around and I felt ready enough to play high school football, got to college, realized I need to get back, keep in this weight room. I need to keep getting bigger, stronger and faster if I'm going to survive this game. And then into the NFL, even more so. So, you know, um, I don't think youth football should be tackle until high school. Okay. Uh, these kids are getting beat to death for no reason. Half, you know, 90% of these kids aren't going to make it to college football. And uh, all you're doing is beating their brains around. Because uh, you look at the things that these kids can do with those pads on at that age, and all they can do is beat their brains around. Uh, you've got very few. they got some kids that are really skilled. Yeah, but you've been to, I don't know if you got kids. but I do. I do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, you go to youth sports, and maybe maybe there's one kid on the team that knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that that's just just not fair, you know. And that's uh, that. Let let's play flag. Let's let that kid run around and make everybody miss his flags. And you know, the other kids come along because everybody knows it's played this game and youth football and what I've seen and I've coached and I've done all the run camps. Yeah. You're just banging. You're just beating yourself out there. You're you're damaging your brain. We don't need to do that. These are the science has uh, clearly been defined. 
and how the development of young brains uh, and and are, are and where they're at in certain stages and how important it is and not only that in the spinal column because uh, it's not just the brain issue and the 10 to 20 deaths from uh, head injuries it's another 10 to 20 you've got 40 families in youth football every year that uh, are suffering either a death or uh, a permanent spinal uh, injury that is putting their their young athlete their their child uh, uh, it's changed their life forever. And, sure. uh, they're, you know, and that doesn't need to happen because those, those things don't happen in college football. And again, we, we just have one Shazier and I can tell you why that happened previous play. And these coaches and these trainers, what are they doing? They got a, a secret tent on the sidelines. Uh, you know, and obviously, um, uh, yeah, they didn't uh, have that when you played, they didn't have that blue medical tents on the sidelines of every game when you played. Um, that's no, because they could pull the needle out on the sideline and nobody gave a damn, you know, so they got to have a tent so they can pull out that needle. Uh, you know, why do you need a tent? Is the guy taking off his clothes? Yeah. What's happening in there? <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. You know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Every time I see a player go on in the tent, I'm like, what's going on in there? Is there two strippers or is there doctors with needles? Like you, you tell me what's going on in that tent. Is it's a big tent too. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, 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 what's his name? The Seattle quarterback exposed it. He just lifted it up off of himself, and walked back out there. There's nothing. Yeah, Russell they, Wilson. They, yeah. Yeah, they, they got uh, they got a tent out there with the uh, the medical people's logos on it. If, if if you look at it, and that's that's what's on those. Uh, it's a promotional deal for these these medical doctors to promote their practices. Yeah, and, no, it's true. That's it's, and, th- and that's what it is. Yeah, uh, because they're not doing anything, uh, and they shouldn't have that there. That's uh, you know that that you're 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 being pretty shady with with putting up a tent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, pun intended. Uh, it, it is uh, uh, ridiculous, and and I and I can tell you that that they they just want to put up a tent, and you watch Shazier, and previously prior to that injury, he makes a big hit. Uh, on the series before that yep. puts another guy down himself and then he's running around jumping up and down acting like he, a crazy fool uh, after that if you watch the replay of that first initial hit and you could tell that he damaged himself not with not only uh, uh the spine but because uh, he he led with his helmet on that tackle also but he uh, likely had a massive concussion and then his, he, he did it, you know, again, and his spine, boom, that, that was it. Um, but as a person sitting on the couch, I heard about this, um, uh, watched it and, and, uh, cause I came into, uh, my, my wife was like, this guy got his neck broke or whatever. So I looked at the, uh, rewound the, the game. Right. And I and and I went back to the original hit. I'm like, ooh, wow, that's a bad hit. That's what hurt him. I'm like, no, he's jumping around. He's like, the other guy's down. And she's like, no, that's not the hit. It's coming up. I'm like, well, the trainer should have been on him right there because I can see that clearly that this guy was injured himself from the hit. You know, they they they, they still they're they're so far behind. These doctors have no clue. Uh, I, I've saved so many people with. Uh, uh, cannabis uh, extractions like CBD with mm-hmm. no psychoactivity that the league should be implementing right now. Uh, you wouldn't have Luke Keekley crying on the field every, you know, every time he hits somebody now. Yeah, that was um, insane. That was an insane yeah, thing to it's see. it's still happening. Uh, w- would you it's say that, that you have CTE from playing the game? 
Oh, I have CTE. I hundred percent. Every one of us does. Every person that's played this game. I, I've been uh, privileged, I guess, in a way to have this information and I've tracked this thing down. I've gone back to Boston. I've gone to uh, meet with these uh, doctors from Benito Malu to uh, Anne McKee uh, and Robert Cantu and all these people involved in this discussion. I've, I've, I've been, been privy to all the information and this, this happens. That's why youth football shouldn't be played tackle. Uh, is, is, is it is it as bad as it as it seems? Um, because you know you you hear about it. Look, Will Smith made a movie about it. For Christ's sakes, is it really as bad as yes. it seems? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. I mean, from myself, I, I deal with uh, it's a struggle um, dealing with this disease. Uh, I think my brain is probably in the doctors I've talked to. I am dealing with an, a, a brain. I've been diagnosed with uh, pre-onset Alzheimer's disease. I've gone through all the tests with the concussion protocol. Um, you know, I can, I can, uh, you know, it, say that, uh, you know, and, and uh, give that information. I, I mean, I'm, I'm living with Alzheimer's disease at 42 Man. and, and that's been diagnosed, you know, so th- uh, when you're at this stage, things start failing. I, I mean, I can articulate and I can talk well uh, uh, about certain things. Uh, but if I don't maintain my brain uh, with the, the things that I've discovered and being able to do that, uh, it, it, it's not a it's not a good place. And all my friends and all my brothers that are playing this game are the same way. And uh, it is uh, very, very real. Um, and uh, those of us who played it the longest are having the worst issues. But those who have had the significant uh, concussions over their careers are dealing with it even at younger ages. Um, and uh, these youth football kids, I mean, there's a suicide rate attached to that, a death rate attached to it, all these things. Uh, it's very real. The media doesn't want to continue to expose it. That's why you haven't really heard about it. We, we did a movie. We, yeah. Will Smith, you know, Will yeah. Smith, oh, we already went through that. Oh, it's all fixed now. They gave the players a bunch of a money. A bunch of money, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay now. Money fixes everything. You know, in the meantime, people don't realize that nobody got any money and this disease is progressive, very progressive. And I'm quite, uh, quite, uh, affected by it. Yeah. Disturbed at my future. Uh, it's very depressing and, and, uh, stressful to know that things are going in a direction where, uh, you know, before Will Smith made his movie, there was other movies that were made to push that along. And, sure. uh, and, uh, you got to see guys that, uh, uh, were in these stages, uh, um, of Alzheimer's at, at, in their sixties. And that scares the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, before we get out of here, this uh, this is uh, look. I appreciate you spending all this time with us. Um, I, I saw a Vice documentary about uh, your 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 now unbelievably passionate about uh, the use of cannabis as a way to treat CTE. Uh, if you could tell the audience about that, that would be fantastic. Well, I, I you know I I've been telling everybody about it, man. I, I just think ultimately I'm going to have to prove it. And I, and I believe firmly in what I've found in cannabis in dealing with this disease. I mean, it's changed my life. It's allowed me to get my life back. I was on a very 
very fast downward spiral post-career uh, because of it. And, um, you know, I had neurological issues that were uh, affecting my life during my playing career. Um, uh, episodes of vertigo and extreme migraine headaches were constant. Um, I didn't know where that was coming from or why. And uh, they never, you know, bothered to uh, test me in my brain and see about that. I wonder why they tested me for everything else. And I was a, 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 a 100% healthy human. You know, they drafted me as a first round draft pick. Obviously, I proved myself to be worthy of that. They put you through the ringer. Um, and, uh, you know, to have exited and then continued to have these issues, uh, health wise has been, a. I mean, I've been hospitalized. I've spent time in the ER. I've had seizures of, uh, you know, depression to no end rage, all these things, uncontrollable. You just, my life out of control. Couldn't go to McDonald's with my kids. Um, couldn't be in public, uh, you know, in certain settings. And now I'm fine. Honestly, I, I, <laughs> I found, I found certain strains of marijuana that, uh, and the THC side that are unbelievable uh, psych medications and they don't sedate you. Uh, they give you energy. No one knows I'm high. Uh, I'm, I'm not high. I'm, I'm way less high than I was on Vicodin and Percocets and all these other drugs that they were pumping into me and, and uh, uh, all the psych meds and Wellbutrin and Depakote and Zoloft and these zombie drugs that I was on for uh, six years post-career because I started having all these issues neurologically and going into these doctors, they just want to give you these pills and, uh, came to California three years ago and said, this is my last chance. And, uh, it gave me my life back. I can't deny it. And the things I've experienced since, and the, you know, the way that, uh, this is evolving with, uh, medicine and extractions and all these things that are unbelievable, uh, painkillers and anti-inflammatories and, uh, psych medications and just dealing with this, this brain injury and the stress, uh, and just the stress of life, which is magnified a hundredfold, um, because of this injury. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 42 walking around with an 82, 85 year old man's Alzheimer's brain, you know, pissed off at the world and, and the littlest thing will make me snap on you and, and put you in your place. And, you know, <laughs> uh, and that's no fun. And, uh, it was a miserable existence and, uh, I don't do any of that anymore, man. And I love life and I'm coaching and I'm back with my family and, uh, by, I have a beautiful wife and little kids and, uh, that it gave me that back. And, you know, those vice series that you watch, that shit is real. Okay. And, I, yeah. and that allows me, uh, the, uh, ability to stand in any platform. You know, again, I've been to Washington, uh, and spoke about this. I've spoke at Harvard about this. I've spoke at Tulane. I've, uh, th these are, these are things I'm talking about, um, that will have unbelievable implications on not just football and this disease, but, uh, our health, uh, as humans around the world, cannabis can resolve, uh, these things. It, it has been, it was resolving these issues. Uh, the government knows these things. They've put patents on cannabis for things like neural protection. And uh, <laughs> while they're telling everybody it makes you dumb. And, you know, what I've experienced is undeniable. So I have to speak my truth because uh, I know that that our problem is very real uh, in our community. And what it's done for me can help everyone. 
Yeah, and uh, so you're 100% off of any other drugs, and you're, you're just strictly cannabis. I take zero pills. I have uh, plates and screws. I need knee replacements, hip replacements, and, and uh, more back surgeries, more shoulder surgeries. I got as much pain as you could possibly have and a bad brain, and I take zero pills, not one aspirin, not one Aleve. Uh, I use my regimen of cannabis daily, and that is it. I don't even take supplements anymore. I eat better food. I focus on my diet and nutrition. Uh, I mean, because I, I got to the point where I couldn't even take protein shakes anymore without getting severe headaches because of the other chemicals that are involved in in this and, and having a hypersensitive brain because of uh, it being so damaged uh, just really made me so sensitive to everything. Uh, and when I and now that I've gotten off all those pills and all those things, uh, my body's recovering. Um, I don't, I, I realized I never needed any of them. I never needed one of those pills. They're still giving them out to this day. And they say, well, it's a lot less. We're only given, you know, can only get one from a trainer. And, that, and at the end of the day, it only takes one. Sure. It only takes one of those pills to get you addicted. And, uh, and that addiction and coming off of that, oh God, that was horrible. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, what I found, I'm not going back and all these people, you know, they're, they're reviewing the, the coal memorandum right now, federal involvement in this whole marijuana deal um, and whether or not they're going to, you know, reinstitute a, a whole nother uh, uh, drug war here, you know, because of what people are finding and what people are experiencing. It's not because this is killing people. It's not because the statistics are going up in Colorado or Washington that the government has a backlash on marijuana still. It's because they're going down. It's because uh, health is better. Less people are dying. And, uh, and crime. Crime, crime is going I, down. Crime yeah. is down. Teen use. Teen use is down. All these statistics that are crushing all of these uh, ridiculous reefer madness claims. And uh, I think that our government is very well informed on what this plant can truly do. And uh, I just, you know, have to speak my truth in hopes that, you know, these other people listen because it's not just CTE. I mean, my wife's skin cancer. She doesn't have to go get her skin cancers cut out anymore for the last 13 years of our 15 year marriage. Uh, the first 13, she's having a skin cancers cut out every year. And now she doesn't. She puts a little THC oil on the skin cancers and they fall off in like four days. That's and these amazing. are one, it, it, it is, it's a, uh, it's the true medicine. It is curing uh, Ill, illness and sickness and injury and dealing with uh, injury and uh, mental disorders. I mean, we're given too many pills in this country and we fail to realize while we're talking about these guns and all this, you know, ammunition and, and uh, whatever bump stocks and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, uh, at the end of the day, every one of these assholes that has committed these crimes or these mass shootings, they're tied to pharmaceuticals, heavy use of pharmaceuticals, and real damaging and hard pharmaceuticals that I know personally uh, create unbelievable side effects that, that fucking make you think unbelievable things. Uh, and, you know, when you're, when you're suicidal and homicidal and manic and, and just out of control um, and you've got a bad brain injury at the same time, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a deadly a combo. For disaster. Exactly. That's a deadly and, combo. You know, I mean, the police should be carrying around joints. And when they show up to situations, 
throw a joint at that guy and tell him to sit down and smoke that for a minute. I guarantee you every one of these situations would be resolved quickly and everybody would go away fine. I Look, I, I'm with you. You're, you're preaching to the choir on this one. That, this is one subject that you and I really, really agree on um, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully North Carolina will catch on and uh, boy, you know. uh, they're they're way behind. Uh, you know, jeez, they they had a they had a problem with uh, uh, you know simple painkillers and things like that. Like they, they they've had a lot of problems here with with uh, with drugs in this state. So I I don't know. I I think we're still a ways away. But uh, to my knowledge, I believe tw- it's legalized in 29 states now. Uh, California actually just started what three days ago. Yeah, no, it's all going to fall. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, money talks and the money that's being made, um, you know, you, the Denver Broncos go back to the sporting aspect of it. Uh, nobody wanted to put their name on the stadium and two cannabis companies stepped up to do so. And then all of a sudden they found somebody to sponsor the stadium. Right. Uh, you know, uh, this is going to take over. There's people are making way too much money. I started a CBD company because of my experience with it. CBD is 50 state legal. People don't even know that, uh, as long as the THC is extracted. And that's what I built the product on. And I'm, uh, this, this is just helping so many people. And that's why I did it because everybody's like, well, what do I use? What can I do? And I went around and I told my story to all these places and all these conventions and schools and everywhere. And I found the right people. I've been to Colorado. I went to the places where, you know, I mean, that, that, that that's where we come from as athletes. We don't just take things for granted. We turn over every stone. Um, and that's what I've done with this. And I've found the people doing these things that are just so amazing with this plant. And uh, what they're making is just curing everybody, man. I mean, CBD is available in North Carolina and every person needs to know it Yep. and get it shipped to your house and experience what cannabis can do for you just on the base level. And then you understand what the entourage effect is and how THC can supercharge that effect um, and get your life back. Uh, this country will be healed by cannabis. It will save football. It will save America. Our, our country is being run. Everything is being run by crazy brains. And uh, cannabis fixes that. Our government has proven that uh, by placing a neuroprotective patent on it. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I think it's uh, it's definitely one of the the drugs of the future. Um, but, you know, uh, along with everything else in this country, it's not a drug. No, that's it, the problem. It, yeah, it's, it's not, not a, a drug, drug. But 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 as, as a people. as a way to to cure and help people uh, going forward, yeah, um, which, for you know, sure. it, it, it yeah. is classified as as drugs in this country. But uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, but uh, it, it is we, we, it is still labeled as drug that. addicts. Yeah, exactly. We've become, We've become drug addicts. You go to the drug store. That's yeah. where you go. Yep. You don't, you know, and uh, uh, it's, it's just absurd that people would rather that, that it can be sold to you in these, these ways, you know, drugs, you say drugs are bad, but you're going to the drug store. Right. You know, every day these people are lining up and that, and that line looks like a blind full of zombies. And I keep going to these dispensaries in these shitty parts of town because that's where they make them go. Uh, even still in California. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and 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 they're the nicest people, and and it's a demographic of people from old people to young people to business people to the stoner pothead, you know, typical guy to the businessman in the three piece suit standing in the line, you know, with your grandma, you know, and it's it's awesome to see, but still very frustrating to see 
where we're at and how how still far behind we are yeah because you know, yeah you, you go to california and you're right like a, a lot of these places are like these dirty back alley places where you, you got to knock twice there's a security guard with a gun and then you go in and you know yeah give your information uh it, it, it's it'll be nice when it's just it's regulated and, and it's it's readily available without having to to look over your shoulder before you go in well, that's the problem is the regulation. It'll be nice when when they finally let this plant free and let the free market uh, open opportunities to people that want to get involved in this. I've been hunting down licenses and all these things because I know what I've found and I need to reproduce it. But I can't go to a city council in Long Beach, even though I stand up there and tell them it saved my fucking life and get a license for a dispensary or a cultivation operation. I can't go to the desert where they've opened it up and desert hot springs and palm springs and get that license because they've given it out to the typical cast of characters that they only let know, know about this from the beginning. Right. And, and uh, you know, everybody that's in this, you can't just freely go do it. There, I mean, you've got now uh, decorated LAPD police officers that are being tied to major operations that are get the first licenses, you know, all these fucking things. It's just still super corrupt and not allowing the free market and individuals. You're not going to buy your aspirin from some guy that's got a pop up shop on the corner. You're going to go to the place that's nice. You're going to go to Walgreens or, you know, get that. CVS. Absolutely. Yeah. CVS. Yeah. Right. You're not you're not going to get your aspirin at the, the liquor store. You're uh, and, and that's what's happening here. They're not allowing the right companies to come in and do these things. You know, the regulations has been what has kept it the way it, way it is and will keep it the way it is where you only really have a few players capable to do this on that scale because of the bureaucracy that has been corrupted to uh, give these licenses to certain individuals who have helped craft these laws and, right. and, you know, been involved from, I mean, one dispensary on January 1st, the people voted for legal marijuana in California. And there was only one legally licensed dispensary open January 1st. And that line and now, was intense, wasn't it? It's going to never end. Uh, and, and then they opened up what, Oh, well at the end of the week, we'll have two more, three more. Well, you, you, wow, you gave, th but there's 900 illegal dispensaries in Los Angeles alone. Right. So, you know, we're, they're, they're, it's uh, it's going to be a joke. This needs to be nationalized, uh, need to let the free market decide, you know, you're not going to go buy your weed from some crappy operator. You're going to go to places like Vegas and go to places like Shango. Uh, which is a 50,000 square foot dispensary and cultivation operation that is meticulous. And, and you know, you're getting a premium product that is going to be beneficial to your health and not have residual side effects. You know, if you're, if you're, if you got, if you don't have any money, you can still go and find a good person that knows what they're doing. That's just growing it in their backyard. You know, no, sure. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of those up and down the coast was, in California. If it was free, you know, but it's not. And so you still have to go to the shady parts of town or around shady people who still have to keep this quiet, you know? Right. And it, it's absurd. Well, Kyle, I got to tell you, this is one of the most fascinating interviews we've ever had on Ross Patterson Revolution. And I, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to be with me. Uh, you were you were one of my favorite players. 
even though you were you were against us uh, on the other team, um, your passion for the game and your passion for life are uh, are unparalleled. And uh, I greatly appreciate you being here today. Hey, man, I appreciate the opportunity, Ross. Love the show, man. Keep doing it, brother. The world needs people like us to keep pushing it, man. And uh, we need more people along. Uh, people got to get woke, stay woke, and be woke constantly because things are happening in this country and in this world that, you know, are there's uh, alternative forces out there, man, and they're always trying to make that book come true. And uh, all these crazy ball heads, man, we got to chase them out of town. <laughs> I'm with you fighting the good fight. Thanks for being here, Kyle. All right, brother. Who that? Who that? Sorry, dirty bird. But uh, good, good luck to you in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, sir. All right, brother. Take, Take care. care. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Kyle Turley, kids. That was that was one of the most amazing, intense interviews I've ever had. And look, that's that's the way he played the game. Um, what what you hear is no bullshit. That's not that's not a player who retired and suddenly found, uh, you know, fucking Jesus or a new way of life or or marijuana or something. That's that's who he was while he played the game. If you if you go back and look at any interviews he did um, when he was playing in the NFL. This is who he was. He's not changed. And, and it's certainly, for goddamn sure, doesn't sound like he's changing anytime soon for anybody else. And uh, again, I cannot thank you enough, Kyle Turley, for being on the show. I, I can't thank uh, Led by Iron enough and, and Tyler Rainey uh, for, for hooking this up and getting him as a guest on the show. Uh, and again, check out Led by Iron's Apparel. Uh, go to ledbyiron.com and, uh, and grab yourself a tea. They're all owned by first responders. Um, so not only are you getting a, a great t-shirt, but uh, you're also help, helping some great people, some great folks in this nation. And uh, we, we, we love and support our first responders. Uh, thanks for being here. Fuck, what an amazing show. Uh, thank you to Kyle Turley. And uh, looking forward to the NFL playoffs this weekend. Stay warm, everybody. Good night. Good night.